Taco Bell is offering a wedding package. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally, I just typed in Taco Bell wedding and the first hit is tacobell.com slash feed slash how to get married. <laughs> um, so that's, pretty that sounds, fantastic. that sounds like, that sounds more like Taco Bell is offering marriage advice. Yeah, that's true. They have marriage counseling. Yeah. Um, that's- how to get married at the Taco Bell in Las Vegas this summer, 2017. Mm. Um, you can't just do it at any Taco Bell. Yeah, it's a specific one. But I mean, obviously, because they got like a chapel set up. Um, so the $600 wedding package includes a ceremony in the chapel inside the restaurant with an ordained officiant within as little as four hours. Private area for a reception inside the restaurant with up to 15 of your closest family and friends. <laughs> Custom merchandise, including a sauce packet, garter, and bow tie. Just married t-shirts for the bride and groom. Taco Bell branded champagne flutes. And, of course, a taco 12-pack filled with tacos and a Cinnabon Delights cake for dessert. (laughs) A sauce packet bouquet is also available for the bride to use during the ceremony. Tessa just yelled no at me from the other room. Oh, come on. Um, the picture of it's amazing because guess what's in those champagne flutes, Keith? It's Baja what? Blast. Ooh, hot dog. Oh, God. So now that we're talking about Taco Bell, uh, you've mm-hmm. mentioned that you're eating no sugar and no bread. Yeah. Um, well, Tess and I started eating better, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have a million pictures of us taken in a few weeks. Um, yeah. And... Uh, it, it sucks. Like all we're, our whole thing is we're like, we're just trying to eat pretty much like lean. So it's like our dinner is like a meat and then like some, like some cooked vegetables, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, if I don't have, uh, like lunch at work, like if I don't bring lunch out, I'm eating like a veggie delight sandwich from subway, just like trying to keep calories pretty low. Um, but still get some protein from like, meat and stuff when we do dinner and mm-hmm. i just like shitty food and looking at this picture of taco bell is, it just makes me unhappy i want to know what a cinnabon delights cake is man me too uh yeah shitty food it's getting harder and harder to like it because it actually does make me feel worse and worse as the older i get so. well and so i've like i discovered that too i remember it was a couple years ago it it hit me like i was eating a lot of fast food uh, they're like more than normal because I, I normally eat it every once in a while and I enjoy it. Mm. But I was eating it more regularly than normal, and I like it actually hit me. I was like, I feel like shit all the time. Like, mm. and then I I set myself for me what was a good limit. Like it was like one instance of fast food a week, um, mm. which was definitely less than I was doing. And I started feeling like I better, like not the king of the world or anything, but I definitely yeah. f- noticed a difference. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, I interrupted you to agree with you, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a huge difference. A week after I stopped eating sugar and bread, I felt there's, you could feel distinct differences, not, not just physically, but, uh, psychologically, like my, like I, I don't know if I've discussed it on the show before, but my, like my mood was different. I was generally in a better mood, um, a lot of the time. And that might have a lot to do with the fact that I was getting better sleep, uh, because I dropped that stuff. Yeah. Um, and just physically, I used to have like uh, random back pain and uh, a lot of pain in my feet. And I just like, 
I still have pain in my feet, but for most, for the most part, I don't have really that much back pain anymore. Um, because eating that stuff and eating it the way that I was eating it and drinking sodas and stuff, um, it wreaks havoc on your body. Yeah. But Um, I mean, you have like your breast reduction surgery had to help with that back pain as well. You know, that's true. I didn't think about that. I didn't weigh that in the decision as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff that you could discover if you just run a little experiment on yourself, uh, changing up your diet. Um, be healthy about it, for sure. Like, I still eat uh, fruits and, and honey and stuff with natural sugars in it. I'm not just saying absolutely no sugar and right. absolutely and no delights. carbs. Um, yeah, Cinnabon Delights. I work some of those in every now and then. It's natural sugar, Keith. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, I think that we should honestly just drug Tessa and drag her kicking and screaming to this Taco Bell wedding because this sounds fucking fantastic. It does sound fantastic. Um, We sort of have our own wedding lined up, though. And while it doesn't sound as good, Mm. a lot of our deposits are non-refundable. So it actually (laughs) it'd be more expensive than a $600 wedding for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm excited to eat some shitty food when you, you come out here for the wedding. Um, yeah. And it, we don't have to eat exclusively shitty, but just like once, like at least you and Roger are out here, like we got to go get the trifecta. Yeah, it, it'll happen at some point. Uh, it's uh, as I we've discussed before. The moment I touch down, which will be around eleven at night on Wednesday night, um, I want something bad for me. Uh, and I don't know what kind of options, late night options you guys have where you live, mm. but I want some, there's I want a, some shit food. There's a place right down the street. There's a 24 hour, um, Mexican joint. It's like, uh, tamales and burritos and stuff. We've never been there, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's exactly what you're craving, but I'm just trying to think as far as that late, we'll have to, we'll have to spitball it. Um, cause there's definitely yeah. some great food and some great food is not particularly good for you, but that's also mm. available, you know, after midnight is going to be a little tricky. Yeah. Let's talk about food for a minute. Uh, uh, first of all, let's knock this out of the way. Welcome to Chatisfaction. Uh, I'm Keith. Oh, I forgot. I'm Sam. Uh, and this is the show where we attempt to chatify you, the listeners, every single week. I need to come up with a more f- uh, flamboyant pitch for the show. It's just kind of bare bones. Uh, I like it. I I think I like it being off the cuff. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about food for a minute because I well, think let's, it's, it's, let's say first, just for our, our listeners sake, uh, we don't have much of an agenda tonight. Keith and I have both mm-hmm. been pretty busy. We haven't really looked in anything. So we're kind of just going to just, just like we do for a lot of the show anyway, we're just mm-hmm. going to do that the whole show. Like we don't, there's no real meat and potatoes. I don't think. Um, yeah. So. Usually I read stuff and then I communicate it to you and then we have some, we have a heading, but this week. Let's just go off the cuff. It'll be fun. Um, so Richmond has a pretty big food culture, and it's only getting bigger and better. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good places to eat here, and I have narrowed it down to four and uh, just <laughs> refuse to deviate from any of those places. <laughs> as much as I always talk about how great the food is here, <laughs> um, I so have my habits. But uh, it's okay. something that I feel like. What are like your four? L-cap? Yeah. 
Um, Belmont? Belmont Pizza. Okay. Pizza. Uh, Roger and I like to frequent a real shitty pizza place. Oh, oh wait. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, were you going to say something? No, I was going to guess. I was going to say is cook at one of your places, but no, no, no. You no, don't no. like to cook that much. That's more of a Roger thing, right? I don't know. I haven't heard him talk about it. I think, if anything, it's a Rob thing. <laughs> Roger liked it a lot when it first showed up. I remember him describing really? it. And yeah, for so Cookout is this like, and correct any mistakes I make here, Keith, because I've only been there like twice. It's this big, shitty yeah. fast food place, and it's just like a bunch of generic fast food dishes, but the whole thing is like you order a giant milkshake with a burger and fries and a side of quesadilla or a side of corn dogs, and it's just like you just pile on all this shit. It's like that's that's how it sort of pitched to me. So yeah, you're you're kind of on the on point there. You get a, what's called a plate, and it's an entree, which is some sort of sandwich, a burger, or a chicken sandwich, or something. And then you get, I think, two sides. But their side orders are like you can get like a side of five chicken nuggets or a, <laughs> an entire corn dog, and like fries and stuff too. But it's like you're basically getting two entrees and a side, um, and a milkshake, and it's like five dollars. It's cheap. Yeah. Um, but the the burgers and the chicken are not quite they're not fast food quality they're a little higher than that like they use real uh unfrozen burger meat oh um, cool so you're getting a little bit higher quality than normal fast food it's not quite i mean it's not quite comparable to restaurant quality because they're not cooking it to order or anything it's just well done and they're like flattened out patties i don't know how what how much they weigh or anything but um it's it's in it's somewhere in between restaurant quality and fast food so um it's like a stoner haven and the yeah. i think the, the only reason the reason to go there is it's cheap and the milkshake variety they have there they have something like f- 50 different flavors and you oh, can mix right. and match them all um and that's really all i've ever gone there for when i want a milkshake and i want specific a specific type that uh i know that they'll have so um so what's your shitty pizza place? Oh, it's this really shitty pizza place that we used to frequent. Uh, or we used to frequent before his child was born. I assume it'll kick back in when that child is old enough. Uh, but it's a place not unlike CC's called Stevie B's. Stevie B's? Yeah. How have and I never it, heard of this? Uh, because there's only... I don't know how franchised it is. It's, there, there's only one around here. But I mean, in the, how have my best friends when I've come to Richmond never said, let's go eat all you can eat pizza, Stevie B's? Well, we're going to do it next time you come yeah, to Richmond. We are. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know why. Because we've always just had better pizza. Like, it's not great pizza. It's better than CeCe's, which is if... For those who don't know, it's just like... uh it's just buffet pizza. You like, you just pay a price to get in and you just eat as much pizza as you want. And it's usually populated by children, which is appropriate. It's popular uh, by not, sports teams. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sports teams, children, uh, which is appropriate, not, uh, men pushing into their thirties who just want uh <laughs> crappy, uh, pizza. But man, Stevie V's is actually, it's enjoyable. It's better than CC's. Uh, the quality is better. And the, the cool thing about it is that you can 
ask them to make whatever pizza you want within what if they have the ingredients or whatever and they'll make it fresh and then bring it to your table and you have the option of just grabbing however many slices you want or just tell them to leave the whole pizza there there's no extra charge for this service um, um to be clear cc's also offers that service do they well i've never seen it implemented um but the, i feel like uh stevie v's has more variety of pizza and more importantly more variety of dessert pizza mm. uh, so uh yeah we'll go there next time so it's El Cap, Belmont Pizza, Stevie B's, and a, a place called Joe's Inn, uh, which we used to get into to go get dessert. They make their own pies there, and they're I, excellent. Joe's Inn, the Joe's Inn, like, going to wing that our friend group did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no regrets about how I said that. Um, yeah. That kicked in like right as I was moving. Like I think I went yeah. to Joe's Inn once or twice, and then because yeah. I think you guys started hanging out with Jack some, and Jack mm. went there all the time because he lived down the street. Like I, to me, that's how that's sort of my association with Joe's Inn was like right before yeah. I left, people started going, and then you guys started going yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, because it's right after it was after we moved lived together, and I moved in with uh, Aaron, and that place that we lived in uh, was right. It was like literally around the block from Joe's, right. so I could just walk there. I went there all the time. Uh, I still love that place, and I mostly I choose to go there at a convenience because it's it's not easy to park at a lot of the good, really good places downtown to eat. Um, parking is somewhat of an issue, and so I end up just defaulting to Joe's. Cause it's in a, a quieter part of downtown that parking is usually never an issue. Um, but man, my girlfriend just hates it. I only want to go to two places ever. And she's like, we always go to these places. And I'm like, I know, but they're just so good. And she does not care about them. Um, I got a sport about, I it. got a side with her on this one. There's so much good food in Richmond. Uh, um, absolutely. And, 100%. And I've been missing it. Like since I moved out here, Fort Collins, where I initially moved, um, is like a fucking, desert as far as food goes there's a ton of restaurants mm. but they're all chains yeah really expensive or super fucking bland yeah and there's barely any in between like we have managed to find in the you know i lived in fort collins for like eight years uh and i managed to find a handful of decent places like it's not that the food is atrocious or anything but for being such a young town like the the food is just so safe and I, I i sort of attribute that to like fort collins is very white um and it's it's a college town it's a white college town and so i think yeah. uh you just have the and and food reflects like culture i think and there's there's not much culture in fort collins except for stoners that'll eat fucking anything um yeah that's true and so i i felt pretty stranded as far as good food goes for a while. And like I said, there are a few places right before Tess and I moved a few months before we moved to Denver. Um, we found this little Australian place that just makes these meat pies and they mm. are incredible. And they, it is like, we discovered it two or three months before we moved and it is, uh, it's my favorite food in Fort Collins. Meat uh, pies, meat pies. Mm -hmm. So good. Like, Kind of like pot pies, just like super flaky yeah. crust, um, but they're filled with like both of our favorite ones is like steak and a peppered gravy. Um, mm. 
but they're just spectacular and I'm hungry right now. So this is a bad, bad conversation to be having, but yeah, they were great. And, but overall, like Fort Collins, just pretty bland food. Um, and I mean, you, you've been there, you've eaten with us. Like there's, there's not terrible. It's just, there's not much to get excited about most of the time. I feel um, like it towards the end of your tenure there, we've, you found some good spots. Um, we started to, a, yeah, there was that, uh, fried chicken place you brought me to last time. Uh, yeah, that was excellent. That place was uh, great. Music City Hot Chicken is the mm-hmm. name. Um, it was like a Nashville chicken joint, and that was a that was a pretty new open too. That opened within the like the year uh, before we left, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, there there were a couple places, but since we have moved, we have eaten like almost exclusively delicious food. Um, yeah, Denver has so, so much more good food, and we're in such a prime spot. Like we can get to so many different areas, and there's just good food everywhere. Um, cool. I was going to ask if the cult, the food culture was any better. There. Oh, so much better. Cause there's just, it's just a more Denver's a more diverse town. Like it's still compared to somewhere like Richmond, it's definitely, you know, pretty white, but it's a yeah. lot more culturally diverse than, uh, Fort Collins was. Mm. Um, so yeah, tons of great food. Um, we've had, we've had this Korean barbecue that was, uh, we saw on TV. That was amazing. We've had, uh, I've told you about the ramen place we found that is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really good, like Mexican joint right down the street, which it shouldn't be good. It's like this big place with giant plastic menus and stuff like it just doesn't look like it's what you necessarily want, but their food is yeah. f- wonderful. Um, we got this cheese dip there that was literally a skillet with, uh, and they just dumped a bunch of cheese in it and put it on the stove. Like it was just melted cheese with chorizo on top of it. And it was wonderful. Awesome. Um, yeah, we just we keep finding new great places to eat. Um, cool. I'm excited to chow down when I get there. Yeah, I'm excited to chow down when you get here too. Cause I've only been eating healthy for a couple of days and I hate it. Um, it sucks for a little bit, but the restriction, as we've talked about before, with any sort of restriction, it forces you get, to get creative and to possibly eat foods that you normally wouldn't. Um, which is an experience that I had this weekend when I went with my girlfriend to visit her stepmom uh, for dinner one evening. I had a salad <laughs> and some fruit, and I had a big lunch, so it wasn't awful, but it was terrible. <laughs> um, but I had this salad. It was just like lettuce, and I had it had some like carrots in it and tomato and stuff I don't normally eat. Since this sort of uh, Asian vinegar dressing that she made herself, uh, quite a good salad, quite an enjoyable meal, um, accompanied with some fruit afterwards. Um, you know, it's it's interesting what you will make yourself eat when you. No, you can't eat the stuff that you want to eat. Um, and I didn't hate it as much as I had put on. I put on an act like it was I was miserable, but no, it was good. Um, and that that feeling that like you, you said you've only been doing it for a couple of days that'll if you keep with it, it pays off and it'll 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 go away like you will you'll find new things that you're like, okay, this is exciting because I'm not eating a sugary thing that is obviously way better tasting, but I know it's terrible for me. But, uh, you know, like I look forward to eating fruit now because it's the only sugary, sweet supplement that I get in my life at the moment. Right. Um, so 
their benefits and it gets better. Uh, but that being said, I am excited to gorge myself on pizza and sugary delights when I get to Denver. Yeah, let's undo all that work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, I've got a pretty, my, the, I'm only really trying to do this through my wedding. And obviously, I'd like to maintain uh, a healthy, healthier lifestyle afterwards. But it's like, mm-hmm. I got to give myself short goals. So the first, first goal is get through the wedding being healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my long-term goal is to just create a better balance, a better dietary balance. Like, I, it was never the goal to cut this stuff out completely forever. Um, I just needed to get rid of those cravings and those habits of just snacking on stuff, which right. which works surprisingly quickly. Like, I don't crave bread at all anymore. In fact, I found that a burger is better nope. without the bun. Nope. Yes, it That's is. It's a big old no. Have you Have you tried it? Just so everybody knows, Keith also thinks that the crust of pizza is just as good as the rest of pizza. So No, no, I don't think it's just as good. You I have said that better. verbatim. I think it's better oh. than the rest of the pizza. <laughs> it's just bread, dude. It's just fucking bread. It's bread <laughs> with bite marks in it and a little bit of red. Like that Listen, is here's it. here's how I here's I <laughs> here's how I approach bread crust with pizza okay now some people (laughs) they like to have their dinner and they get a nice steak dinner with potatoes and veggies and they pair that with a nice wine of choice and that wine complements that meal so i like to have myself a nice great crust and a pizza triangle to complement that crust so all the pizza that you eat leading up to that crust that you get that complimentary taste firing off in your t- taste buds <laughs> as you are decimating that crust. Um, we are having pizza at our wedding. You can't have any. I'm going <laughs> to tell the people not to serve you. <laughs> you can't stop me, Sam. Just, you cannot stop me. No, it's just the most ludicrous fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, why don't you just buy a goddamn loaf of bread and eat it? Like, As I've said before, you can't just eat a bread by itself. You have to have the complimentary... Uh, no, because your analogy doesn't fucking hold up. I can eat a steak without a glass of red wine, and it's still delicious. So okay. if you think if you think the pizza the the pizza part of the pizza is just a red wine to uh, to your crust, you should be able to just eat bread and be totally satisfied. I am satisfied with bread, oh. but sometimes I need that compliment, so I get the pizza to compliment it. Just so happens, it's one and the same meal. It's really more of a convenience factor. Like I, there's nothing wrong with people that like crust. Um, and I don't, I don't dislike crust. I do consider mm-hmm. it. Usually the crust is sort of a chore to get through. Um, no way. It's like paying, it's like paying my pizza tax. I've got to eat the crust before I can get to my next slice. Unless a place has like garlic butter. Then I love my crust because I dip it in garlic butter, but I dip the rest of my pizza in there too. So it doesn't make that big of a difference. Um, you, you, uh, just as an aside, talking about crust and garlic, you know that Domino's puts like a, a garlicky butter and then like some seasoning on their crust now? Mm-hmm. I haven't had Domino's that, in a while. That's just the bomb. Domino's uh, fooled with their uh, recipe a while ago, and holy shit, it's amazing. It's my favorite like t- of those takeout places that have uh, been like Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's. I fucking right. hate Papa John's. And Domino's is now my favorite because of their recipe change. I, I, I do remember Tess and I got like uh, Domino's in our neighborhood at our last place sent out these flyers. And it was just like 
free pizza. Like you get a free mm. pizza. And yeah. we ordered a pizza and uh we got like their Brooklyn style, which is like a thin crust. Um mm-hmm. and then we decided to order like some garlic knots and shit because we got the pizza for free, so why not? And we ordered like yeah. a couple things of garlic knots and then we got in there and I gave him the flyer and he's like, Well, you're all good. I was like, Well, what about the garlic knots? He's like, It's all covered. And we just got a fucking free dinner. It was pretty awesome. Um, that is awesome. But it worked because we actually really did like that Brooklyn style. Like it, it's not – if I thought to myself, oh, I want a good slice of New York pizza, I wouldn't think Domino's Brooklyn style. But yeah. it was good for what it was. Yeah. Um, no, and that's I've, – I've, I'm a sucker for shitty pizza sometimes too. I mean, obviously, there's a place in Richmond uh, called Asante's that me and some of our friends absolutely love and you do not uh, love. This shit doesn't make – that. you want to talk about shit not making sense? That doesn't make sense. Asante's pizza tastes like high school – cafeteria pizza no it's exactly does not. like it no yes, it so does. how do you rate the crust at asante's it's garbage like, it's like it's almost non high school they cafeteria have... rolls that you would eat alone <laughs> no they, the crust is almost non-existent in asante's pizza which is part of its detriment of why it's not good oh asante's does so asante's is not good pizza i agree but it's that like i ate it in college all the time me and uh, my roommate josh would just scrounge up change so that we could get Asani's. And that was where I fell in love with garlic dip because we would get that with it and and, and supplement uh, the flavor. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. I love Asani's and I'm always thrilled to eat it when I go back to town. But no, Tessa doesn't like it that much. You don't like it that much. So I've got to find just like, it's got to be like me and Roger or me and Rob or something in order to get it. Yeah. Um, Here, here's what I will say is Asante's is better than Papa John's. Because let me tell you something about Papa John's, Sam. Papa John's can go fuck itself because Papa John's is garbage pizza, period. If you like Papa John's, you don't like pizza. You like eating trash out of the trash can, my friend, whoever you are listening to this who likes Papa John's. Um, you, don't, you don't order Papa John's. Don't do it. So I also hate Papa John's, but I feel like we when we're discussing like that Domino's is good and Asani's and stuff like... We're not that far. We're not that far from Papa John's here. Yeah. Like, they're, we're talking about shit pizza. And Papa John's, I think, is just the shittiest of shit pizza. I mean, but I, I do derive enjoyment out of Domino's and Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut less so these days. Uh, pizza even Hut. Little, even Little Caesars. I, I don't have a problem with Little Caesars. It's I wouldn't a, choose it over the other ones. But if it was... If someone brought little caesars somewhere and was like this is what we're eating i would not i'd be fine with it i've been craving little caesars pie for like three years and i haven't had it yeah but that's what we're having at our wedding so okay i'm gonna do it warm and ready a while ago um i actually do have a few things i do i did want to talk about this week uh, hang on i interrupted a thought of yours when did you, you yeah when you said the, I interrupted you to say this is the guy. Oh, you were saying that burgers are better without buns. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I just think that's probably not true. It is true. Have you had a burger without a bun? Um, I've had pieces of burger without bun because sometimes a burger falls out and you finish it. Well, I've had an entire burger without a bun in this adventure. Um, and let me tell you what. I do not miss that bun. And buns are really just fucking up. The burger taste are stealing uh, economy from the burger. When um, we go to Lark Burger, when you're in town, you're not going to get a bun in your turkey burger, are you? 
I might, I might not. We'll see. Because here's the only thing that a bun is good for. It's a good receptacle. Recip- nope, nope, that's not the word. It's a good... Receptacle. Uh, receptacle. It's a good vehicle for mayonnaise and other sauces that you want to put on your burger. Um, I haven't run this experiment, put mayonnaise on a burger without a bun yet to test this, but it seems weird to just slather a bun, a burger with mayonnaise or ketchup or just mustard without some sort of bun with it too. I don't There's no reason for it. It just seems weird. I haven't tried it. I might uh, do it. I feel you. However, however, I did have a burger with bacon on it. Actually, I made a burger and then I wrapped it in raw bacon and then put that bitch on a flat top and cooked the bacon with the burger in it. And that was really good. And then on top of that bacon burger, I put guacamole, spread that on top, cut that up into some squares, and I was eating it. I was like, this is really good. There's so much more flavor I'm getting out of this because there's no shitty bun getting yeah, in the way of it. You also had a bacon-wrapped patty. That's not like, that's not a straight one-to-one comparison. If, yeah. you, if you'd cook as just a normal burger and eat it, I'm sure, like the other thing, I'm not adamant that burgers need buns or anything. I prefer them with a bun, I think. Um, I don't think it's disgusting that you like them without a bun. I, I'm not outraged as I am with your ridiculous pizza claim, um, but it's still like that seems like not if that's what you're going off of is a bacon wrapped burger. Like, of course, that's better than a burger with a normal burger with a bun. Like that's what you're talking about. A whole different thing. The same thing, thing as putting bacon on a burger. I always I have bacon burgers on buns as well. Yeah, but no, a bacon wrapped patty is not the same thing as a bacon topped patty. Okay. Otherwise, why would why'd you do it? Why'd you wrap it if it's the same thing? Because it's fun. And because it's like it just creates a whole different experience. The bun, the burger itself is then still contained. You just re- All you're saying is uh, burgers are better when you use bacon for the bun instead of a bun. I didn't use that much. Ba- I used the same. I just used two strips of bacon. I wrapped around the burger. I didn't like wrap the whole pieces of bacon. I didn't completely conceal the burger and bacon. Okay, I, I was genuinely picturing like a lattice of bacon wrapping the entire patty. That well, that's on me. I should have explained it better. I just took the two pieces of bacon that I would normally have used. I had them raw. This is the difference: is I had them raw. I wrapped it in the cooked burger, raw bacon, and then I proceeded to cook the bacon on the flat top with a burger in it. Your burger didn't get too well done. No, I purposely undercooked it a little gotcha. bit because I knew I was going to add some extra extra heat. Well, okay, uh, that's that's a different story then. That's that's just a bacon cheeseburger with a right. little wrap around. Um, right, exactly. And no, I do think you can make that call. So anyway, I I'm not that interested in having a burger without a bun, but I I am okay with the fact that you like it without a bun. What I'm saying is, be open minded, try it. But I what do I gain from it? I just I just better. get a slightly healthier experience. It's not slight. It's not healthier at all. You're eating a burger, but you're getting a more enjoyable experience. I'm saying it actually tastes better without the bun. It's not okay. I feel you. I you know when you're out here, talk me into it. We should go to a place. Probably not Lark Burger because I Lark Burger's buns are small enough that they don't get in the way. I think. Yeah. What I hate is when restaurants use giant fucking bread buns. That yeah. is like I I'm almost just getting a bread a roll with a little bit of meat in it. And uh, I don't like that. I don't like the shit. What if the bun is made of pizza crust? 
And Lark Burger also has really good special sauce that they put on there. Yeah, bun. they do. God, I love Lark Burger. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving yeah. on. Moving on. From all the uh, delicious d- food that we can't eat right now. <laughs> Soon, my friend. Uh, did you see Kong Skull Island? No. The uh, only movie I've seen in recent history is Guardians 2. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring it up because the director of this film, Jordan, I'm not going to say his name right, Vogt Roberts. Uh, interesting fellow. First of all, his next project is the Metal Gear Solid movie, hmm. which which I've sent you a picture of him and Kojima together. Obviously, right. they had some sort of meeting. Uh, when promoting Kong Skull Island, he was talking people asked him about the metal gear movie and he specifically was saying things like i my first and main priority is to keep it kojima keep it weird and keep it kojima he kept saying that over and over again uh so i like where his mind is at the fact that somebody that if you say i'm going to keep this kojima it is automatically shows that you know what you're talking about to some degree yeah like if you're just a movie guy who you know, read a script or watched a bunch of shit on this game. Like you don't understand what keeping something Kojima means. Like you don't know that Kojima is this crazy thing. So I agree. I think that is, that's one of the best statements he could have said to instill any sort of uh, trust. Yeah. So what I've done is I've just sent you a link to a Kotaku article. Um, And this is based off of a series of tweets that he's been posting since the movie has been out, it's been out for a while. I think it's not in theaters anymore. Um, I've heard really good things about this movie, that it was awesome and really fun. I really and wanted it, to see it. I just haven't had the time or money. Yeah, it, it looked really, really great uh, visually. Um, but he's been posting, he's been tweeting out now all these video game uh, inspirations that made it into the film. So he has like a little journey uh, Easter egg. There's a mountain that looks like the mountain and journey that you're trying to get to. There's a on the badges for some of the soldiers. There's a Triforce insignia stuff. Yeah, in this little dragon badge here. Yeah, um, I, saw, I saw the article as well earlier, but I'm looking at it again, and it's pretty cool. Um, there in the movie, there's these uh, soldiers, and all, all of them have unique helmets, and they all have video game or anime uh, callouts on them. So some of the designs on here very much look like uh, Proto Man and Mega Man from the Mega Man series. Uh, there's like some Gundam wing references in here. I think there's a Metroid reference in here somewhere. Yeah. These helmets have all kinds of cool shit on them. Video game in, uh, inspired. Yeah. And uh, there was a sequence that wasn't used where uh, Tom Hiddleston was infiltrating a military base. And so the, you see the storyboards were down here. He made it, he intentionally made it very metal gear. Um, so that's exciting and then there was also a monster that was supposed to look, to, uh, look like uh, the wolf from Okami but it was a tiger but it had like Okami markings on it Yeah. Um, um, so this guy um, is not fucking around he is a video game guy so I could not be more excited that he is working on a Metal Gear movie uh, we'll see how it shakes out um, but I want to be very open minded and excited for this sort of thing especially with the way he's talking about it and he's... all the stuff that made it into Kong he seems like the right person to do it, but I'll stand by what I said before about a Metal Gear movie, and we just don't need one. Metal Gear is a movie. Like, yeah. when you play Metal Gear, 
you play through these interactive parts so that you can watch the next piece of the movie. Like that's yeah. how for me, like legitimately, that's how I feel about the game. When I'm playing, I'm excited. I'm having fun, but I'm thinking I can't wait to, for the next cutscene. Um, and yeah. then the trick though, is that when I'm in a cutscene, I'm like, okay, hurry up. I want to play. Like I, I always just either want to get to the next gameplay section or the next cutscene. But that's the thing. I like solid snake is not, uh, concept like he is a fully realized visually realized character um mm. and so it's like i'm in i have very little interest in seeing a movie i'm ex- i am interested to see what happens but i'm like the fact that they're making one doesn't excite me very much because it's the metal gear stories have been told very specifically and very visually which like when they make movies out of fictional content or non like when they make movies out of existing IPs. What's interesting to me usually is to see how they visualize it, but something that's already so visualized, it's not as, I'm just not as interested. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with you there. It doesn't need a movie and I don't even know how they would do it in a satisfying way. Um, however, they're going to make it. Uh, there's no way Hollywood is not doing this considering that the video game industry is makes more money than movies now. So they're looking at all these hot properties to make films off of. Um, and if someone is going to be doing it, this guy seems like the guy of anyone that's making big budget Hollywood blockbusters. Right. This is the guy you want doing. It. I don't want, I don't want there to be a metal gear movie. It's going to be made no matter what. And then like Michael Bay gets uh, stuck with it. And even though he's going to do something visually bombastic, um, it's not going to be satisfying as a fan to watch it. I feel like this movie has the potential to be satisfying as a fan to watch it, even if it's going to be a subpar version of what we love, know and love. That's true. Um, and who knows? It could do something really surprising and exceed those expectations uh, and do something really great. We don't know. However, I do like where this guy's headspace is at. Do we so. still agree that Josh Holloway should play Solid Snake? Um. I don't know. I, I was actually thinking about that recently. And there's someone else that I really like that I think would be good in that role. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, I don't think it's a shoehorn lock for him. See, I uh, like Josh Holloway, close personal friend of mine, as you know. Um, oh, yeah, I know. I know. I just think you guys he'd, have met. I, yeah, on the, on the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. Um I think he'd be good. He had a couple lines in Lost that were like because you used to law before. Maybe it was Sean that always did. Um, yeah. But uh, he'd he'd have these like grizzly lines he was yelling where he sounded a lot like David Hayter. Yeah. And he could pull off the look too. And that's the thing. Like I would love for David Hayter. I, the thing is, I think the fact that this guy said he wants to keep a Kojima, like I'd be amazed if David Hayter didn't have some form of cameo in this movie. Um, yeah. And as much as I don't want to listen to anybody else be snake i also don't think he should play snake in a live action movie no no Um, but i think i i I don't anticipate him not having some some involvement Mm -hmm. um okay so who i remembered who recently i said should be snake and big boss keeping it in the family in real life and in this fictional universe scott eastwood straight up just looks like snake and Clint Eastwood could be Big Boss. Do you think? I think, yes. Is he not too old and crazy? 
Um, he's definitely too old and crazy, but Big Boss is old and crazy by the time they fight. So, well, spoilers, Keith. Um, spoilers. No, it's not spoilers. Come on now. Uh, and I mean, it's that's they're talking about the end of Metal Gear One. Yeah, spoilers for a Nintendo game that <laughs> no one will ever make it through. Uh, uh, or maybe they played on the MSX. Maybe the MSX as well, which no one even knows what it is. Uh, yeah, I thought that would be good. I think I think Scotty's would just looks like Snake. I I haven't seen a movie that he's been in where he's been other anything other than like this guy's just like saying lines. He hasn't done anything am- amazing performance wise. I think Josh Holloway would be of the people that we've mentioned. I've like I liked his performance in Lost, and uh, he seems to be doing well in that show Colony on HBO. I mean, not HBO, USA. USA, uh, USA. Yeah. So, who knows with this sort of thing. I hope they cast someone good that I can get excited for. Me too. I, I'd like to see if they're doing the Shadow Moses story or if they're going to... I estimate what he will actually probably do is one of the Nintendo games because that is a story that's less known out in the public. Something that could pos- potentially irritate fans less if he did something good with that material it's true but is that interesting like i could see him doing shadow moses with significant flashbacks to the nes game because then it like uh then you get uh you know context for you know who big boss is and who like who liquid is like who they're clones of and you get context uh for gray fox and frank yeager and stuff like i think that if if they did like you know, a significant amount of either flashbacks or like, you know, a longer first act that is the initial one and then roll mm-hmm. into like X amount of years later in, uh, at shadow Moses. I think, I think that could be a really cool first movie because with everything I'm sure they intend to franchise and like, you can't do MGS two if you haven't done the story of MGS one. Oh God! You, I don't. I don't even think you can do MGS two outside of a video game platform. It was such a game that was a commentary on video games. So yeah. if you're going to do an MGS two version of Metal Gear as a movie, it has to be a movie that's a commentary on movies. I think, um, and the the nature of a sequel to a movie, which I feel like has been done already. Um, like the Scream movies did it. They they deconstructed the nature of like the trilogy. Uh, so yeah, I don't know I, if you're going to do Metal Gear 2, that's, that's a little, I think a little too crazy for general audiences to digest. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, that's true. We've got no choice in that matter. Um, another thing that's exciting, speaking of Nintendo games being made into movies or TV shows. Netflix showed the first trailer for the Castlevania TV show. Um, and I really love the way they made this trailer. Did you have you watch this? Yes, I did. Um, and it reminded me that I've never played a Castlevania game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessary to get into this, but I love the beginning of the trailer where it was cut. It was a person blowing their cartridge and putting it in their Nintendo. And it displayed like the Netflix, uh, logo as like an eight bit, Nintendo game. Yeah, that was really And cool. then it went into the trailer. Yeah, so, it, and from what it seems right here is that they're actually adapt, adapting some of those earlier storylines. Um, and I can't really tell because I'm not like the biggest Castlevania nerd, so I wouldn't 
I'm not the expert to comment on this, but it looks like they're adapting the story from three because three had a an actual cohesive story as opposed to the other games. Um, but it was hard as shit. Three is really really hard. Um, yeah, I believe so. it. I can't remember if uh, if the angry video game nerd has talked about it or not. Mm. Um, there, that is someone I recommend if I haven't yet to every one of our viewers or listeners. He's a YouTube man, and he just reviews old video games and gets mad at them. But he's super charming, um, and it's like, I don't know. There's something super endearing about him, I think, and I just love watching his videos. Well, I think you nailed it on the head where you said it just feels like someone that we would be friends with. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, he does, and he has really good commentary, and a lot of things played up for comedy, obviously. Yeah. He does have legitimately good things, interesting things to say about these old games. Some of them, some of which are just complete trash. Um, but we loved anyway, like that Ninja Turtles game for the Nintendo. The game sucks. Yeah. So uh, one of his latest episodes, he doesn't put out that many, like that very frequently anymore. But this was from Halloween. Um, mm. He and I'm going to spoil the episode here, just so everybody knows. But it's a really good episode. Um, he reviews mm. the Berenstein Bears video games. Um. <laughs> And uh, he is reviewing this game and he like pulls it up and he uh, he realizes he's like that this one, the company spelled Berenstein Bears wrong. They spelled it with an A-I-N instead of an E-I-N. Berenstein oh. Bears. Um, and then he's reviewing another game and he realizes they spelled it wrong too. And he goes and gets one of his books and it's spelled Berenstein Bears on his books. Uh, and he ends up looking it up and there are conspiracy theories that the fact that everyone remembers Baron Steen bears with an E, but everything written says Baron Steen bears is a sign that there was an alternate universe that we have merged into, um, uh, where Baron oh, Steen bears is, uh, is spelled differently. And so in that no one, he, he's, way. he meets himself from an alternate universe and the guy's like, he's like, Admit it. You liked Ninja Turtles when you were a kid, but only now that you're an adult, do you think it sucks. That's because the game didn't suck when you were a kid. It's changed because <laughs> of this alternate universe, <laughs> like that these <laughs> shitty games, um, that that's like Ninja Turtles used to be an actual great game, but we've merged into an alternate universe where Ninja Turtles is shitty. Yeah. Um, and I loved it, but I did not know that Berenstain Bears things. And it's true. It is. It is spelled Berenstain. And everybody I've ever spoken to in my life has says Berenstain. And everybody no would everybody shit. would spell it with an e. It is spelled a a i n. Uh, reality has just unfolded in front of my eyes <laughs> right now, or rather, in front of my ears because I'm listening to this. Yeah, no way, dude. Yep, there's Baron not a single bears. There's no there's no person that I've ever met that has ever said Baron Stain. How can that be a, a glitch in the system that everyone has just? They, I've always seen it as Baron Stain. Yeah, me too. I would How, I would have bet a thousand dollars that it was Berenstein before I uh watched this episode. Yeah. No way. That How was such a something... little kid thing to do. I'd bet a thousand whole dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, that's that's bananas. I cannot believe that. I can't believe that n- everyone just said it that way. Yeah. And no one ever talked about it. That's crazy. 
Oh, and yeah, someone I was talking to, they're like, well, you were a kid. You didn't know how to read. I was like, yeah, my parents are reading those books to me. And they said Berenstein. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone did. Everyone in history. So uh, interesting. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and something to talk about. I like I like telling people that because you know, most people don't know that. And if they do, they're usually not familiar with the the crazy conspiracy theory, which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, but is it so crazy? I don't know. There have to be multiple universes. There don't have to be. Oh, there has to be. This can't be it. I don't know. It's pretty good. This can't be it. We're fucking it up if this is it. Well, yeah. But, I mean, who says we can't be fucking it up? Yeah. I suppose you're right. You are correct. Um, Let's see. In video game news, um, this is something that excites me. Uh, did you mm-hmm. see the game announcement for the Nintendo Switch today? No. Um, not a huge deal, but they've announced the latest Monster Hunter on the Switch. Um, oh. Which is, like, not that the Switch is hurting for sales at the moment, but that's going to push a lot more consoles, especially in Japan. Yeah, Monster, Monster Hunter is huge in Japan. It has a, a decent following in, Amer- in the States it's as well. It's grown for sure, and I've, I only got into it with uh, Monster Hunter 4. Is that the one we played? Yeah, me too. Um, and it was a fucking blast. I loved it, and I would, I will probably pick this one up on the Switch. Um, yeah. And this is like this is Monster Hunter XX, and uh, mm-hmm. it's basically like an updated version of Monster Hunter Generations. Um, so it's it'll have a bunch of shit that you and I have not, uh, not encountered. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that they're putting it out on it is a great sign because they. Uh, I don't think XX made it to the U.S. in the first place, and then yeah, uh, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure if this announcement was for the U.S. or not, but I would imagine it would be. But then, like four didn't come out on consoles; it only came out on the 3DS. Um, yeah. Three, I think, came out on the Wii, but that was only because they needed the Wii for like networking stuff. Um, yeah, but so I'm, uh, I think it'll be fun, and that's I'd, I'd love to get into Monster Hunter again. But one of the things that's so much fun about Monster Hunter is playing with your friends. And if it's just you exactly. and me, it won't be as much fun. Because what was fun about four is you, me, Tessa, and GW all played it. So we could get like all four of us together and yeah. go uh, go take down some monsters. Well, I lent my girlfriend my 3DS because she we went to... All right. So first of all, we went to North Carolina and, and I had a great weekend uh, there. Good. And one of the things that... Uh, that she and I have been doing without knowing we're doing it is we've been going to barcades everywhere. We travel together. Um, and so the, the one that we went to in North Carolina, I believe it's called Boxcar barcade is the best one I've been to yet. Uh, it is uh, top to bottom uh, painted and designed with the love and attention that you would think a place like this would be. So like, like Mario and Pac-Man and all these things muraled all over the place uh, with lots of, lots of symbolism for the, that type of stuff. Uh, and the, so the interior design of it is super great. And the machines that they have in there are the machines that I want to play at an arcade. So like uh, Marvel versus Capcom two Grabber street Claw fighter. Game. Exactly. Uh, street fighter alpha uh, Pac-Man Tetris miss Pac-Man the um, one where the lights go in a circle and you try to stop it on the jackpot to get the most tickets. Exactly. Ticket games is what I've been chasing. Uh, no, um, Area 51, Revolution X. That game is shitty, but I have fun. Revolution X music is the weapon featuring Aerosmith? Yeah. There's nothing shitty about that game. 
the game is shitty, but I love it. I have fond memories of it. It's a, it's a big nostalgia centric place. They had like ski ball and stuff too, but all of the machines, stand up machines they had there, it's all the stuff that I, I really remember as a kid and the stuff that I want to play um, as an adult just to kind of be transported back to that time. But by far and away, the best part there is they have an arcade bar part of it where you just go and they have controllers and you just pick from a selection of games and they just have consoles there with games to pick from. So they have a Super Nintendo there and you just tell them whatever game you want. They put it in and you just play Super Mario World at this bar, just chilling at this bar. Uh, And so we were playing Super Mario World and my girlfriend was super into it and she was like, I want to... I was really good at it because I know that game really well. It's muscle memory at this point. Right. Uh, but she and her brother were not great at it because I don't think they'd ever played it as kids. And she's like, I really love this. I want to play this. And I was like, well, I have it at home. You could just play it there. Uh, so I gave her my 3DS and we had a really special moment tonight, Sam. Really special moment. Let's she lives. It. It's a, we live in what is a, a long distance relationship. Um, so I... After after work every night, I call her on my way home to just chat about our day. Um, and when I got home, I had asked her if she played any more Mario. And she was like, oh, yeah, I played a little bit today. And I, oh, I asked her what her progress was. And she opened it to see where she was and then just proceeded to play it with me on speakerphone. And I was like, I really love hearing that game. <laughs> uh, and then I pulled out my Switch and I was playing Mario Kart. And we just we we didn't say we didn't talk. We sat on the phone with each other on speakerphone, both of us. I played Mario Kart while she played <laughs> Super Mario World, and the conversation went a little something like this. If you'll if you'll allow me, I'll I will allow. act as myself, and I will be playing the part of my girlfriend as well. Okay, okay. So this is a little bit of how our conversation went. So we're playing. Set the scene. We're both playing our games. Scene set. Fuck. Mother fuck. Fuck the red shell. God damn it. Fuck that fucking turtle got me. It, we just were shouting obscenities at the game at each other. This is how the conversation went for a long time. We just played games on the phone with each other. And it was great. I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I want from this right now. That sounds great. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get her to get a switch. And I'm trying to make a case for it where we can play games together without having to do a split screen bullshit. We could just sit next to each other, land party it up, get her to get a switch. Maybe, probably not, but maybe I can get her to get Monster Hunter as well. Oh, dang. Um, It's probably a little too overwhelming for her, but. Yeah, Monster Hunter, that's, if, if like, I was going to say, if she's loving Mario world this much, then she's in like, that's, we all, you know, started around then. We all started loving Mario and Mario world. Yeah. And that's the gateway. And so you'll got to take it slow. You can't, but I think, I don't know if going, if you can go from, uh, Mario world to monster hunter and like Tessa's definitely was able to get into monster hunter. Um, she didn't get exceptionally great at it. I didn't get exceptionally great at it either. Um, yeah, but like, it is doable because Tessa, but Tessa's played more serious games than uh, she has, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely it is a slow process, and what I what I like is when she enjoys gaming because I've definitely done some things with her that she just did not like at all. Right, and it's frustrating. 
Um, so like Overwatch, didn't you guys try to play Overwatch? Yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> um, so taking it slow, and she's actually enjoying Mario. Plays it on her own without me telling her to. She just wants to play it, um, and she enjoys it. Uh, so we're taking it, taking it one step at a time. That's how you gotta take it, you know. Yeah. Oh well, that's awesome. That sounds lovely. And maybe honestly, um, after E three, if Nintendo actually fucking you know details their virtual console, that could be a pretty good sell on the Switch too. If you guys could play like older games together, mm-hmm. yeah, that could be dope. It could be. It could be really fun. Because they did say um, that they're going to add some online capabilities, like online multiplayer capabilities, to their some of their virtual console games. I imagine so. Like stuff like Mario Kart is is ripe for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But I've been playing eight, and I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, Mario Kart eight. Yeah, deluxe. Did you not play it on uh, this, the Wii U? I played it a little bit. I I bought it and I played it a little bit. Um, I didn't play it that much because it, it just wasn't really that much fun without oh. playing with other people. I think it is easily the best Mario Kart they've ever put out. I don't think so. I love it. It might be from, at this point, I think Deluxe, there's a case to be made for Deluxe with the amount of content that is in it, considering right. it has all the DLC, all these new characters. Um, and I think what they started to do in 7 was they had pieces that you could earn for your cart so you could customize the cart itself. Yeah, I love that. Um, the wheels and the gliders that they introduced in 7 and are carried over to 8. Um and now that the fact that they added in motorcycles as well gives you a whole new set of things to gather. But now there's this kind of uh, collectathon aspect to it that uh, that keeps me playing the single player at least by myself. Um, and then hopping onto an online multiplayer is, is pretty painless. Um, Mario Kart. Do. I love playing Mario Kart online because I I'm usually by the time I'm playing online I'm pretty good at those maps and so I'm not Mario Kart's so unforgiving like even if you're great you'll still get the shit kicked out of you sometimes yeah but I feel like I can usually hold my own I have not picked up eight deluxe I really want to but as I've mentioned uh, previously I don't have a ton of money at the moment so I can't really yeah. justify especially buying a game I have already played ad nauseum yeah um, but I'd um, love to pick it up just strictly the fact that like it's a really good game that is multiplayer that, mm-hmm. you know, if if I have the Switch in my bag, we can pull off the Joy-Cons and play two-player, like, right then and there, and that's uh, exciting. Yeah, I got it. So I got it because it, it is that sort of thing where if I end up in a situation where we're together, likely at that point you will have it. Uh, somebody will have it at some point, and it'd just be fun to play multiplayer. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. Yeah. Um, also over the weekend, I played, uh, the shovel Knight DLC, the specter of torment where you play as specter Knight, who was my favorite of the Knights of no quarter, the order of no quarter. Yeah. Um, he was my favorite of them and it was cool that they made a campaign for him and I really, really love it. I did not care for the plague Knight. DLC. Um, you didn't? I didn't really. I mean, it was fun and it was cool, but it didn't. It, there's a, there's less of a sense of control with Plague Knight, which I know some people are into and it makes it hard, but it makes it uh, frustrating for me at a lot of parts. Um, 
and I just like the way Shovel Knight handles. That being said, Spectre Knight handles uh, completely uniquely uh, and just as well as I think Shovel Knight does. Um, so I feel like I'm more in control of what Spectre Knight does, his actions and his movements and stuff. Um, and the maps have been completely reworked and redesigned to accommodate his playstyle. Uh, and there's like variations on the music too. So it feels more like a, an actual expansion as opposed to Plague Knight was just a, a, a new character that you played as, but for the most part, the maps were almost the same. Yeah. Um, so I, I highly enjoyed the Spectre Knight campaign and it told a really good story. The story of Spectre Knight is, I think Plague Knights, if I remember correctly, it was just, he wanted a bunch of ingredients to make this concoction for himself. And there wasn't much to it. There's actual drama in the Spectre Knight story. What I um, thought was really cool at Plague Knight and, uh, you know, Plague Knight DLC spoilers here for those who mm. are thinking about playing it. Um, is that, uh, you're like playing before the story of Shovel Knight. And what I love is that Shovel Knight on every map, you find this like blue dude that sells you like a new upgrade. Um, yeah. And as Plague Knight, you find those upgrades randomly throughout the level. And then when you meet that guy, you trade him the upgrade for some like cool ingredients. And so I just thought it was neat, like knowing that all the upgrades that Shovel Knight got were actually found out in the wild by Plague Knight and then yeah. sold to this dude. And, and he just is like, ah, oh, this is this is shit. I don't need this. Yeah, exactly. This he doesn't guy. care yeah. about it. Yeah, and it ultimately ends up being his undoing. I mean, that is neat. There are neat things like Plague Knight DLC. Considering that it's free when you buy Shovel Knight, right? Um, that's it's cool. It's neat. It's, I like that it's there. But uh, the Spectre of Torment has a, a story, a good narrative, um, and it just it is a way better expansion. Um, and it was super fun. Good to know. Uh, I, I'll have to pull it up. The and I'm looking forward to what they do with the King Knight DLC because I don't I don't know how he's going to control or anything. It just doesn't seem as dynamic as Spectre Knight or um, Shovel Knight himself. So yeah, we'll and that's saying I so another thing I liked about Plague Knight was that um, I just thought the like the weapon crafting was really cool. Like you got to spend a lot of time getting your weapon how you wanted it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I didn't beat it to be fair. I I got maybe halfway through it. Um, and I, that was something that wasn't in Shovel Knight. Like, you got a few upgrades you got to mess with, but this was, like, you got to really craft your potions. I thought that was just interesting. Like, I, I I enjoyed how differently it played than Shovel Knight. It wasn't just, like, a reskin. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, valid opinions. Thank you. Uh, there, there is one last thing that I want to talk about, and we can still go for whatever, but this is the thing I want to bring up is Justice League has a new director. And yes. that man's name is Joss Whedon. And hot shit, I would be so excited for that if the circumstances around him becoming the Justice League director weren't so disgusting. Yes. So uh, for those not in, in the loop, um, Zack Snyder, the uh, original director of Justice League, um, his daughter, I believe she was 20 years old, uh, committed mm-hmm. suicide in March. And he thought that going back to work would uh, be cathartic for him, just sort of to bury himself in this movie he's working on. But it turns out it wasn't. So he and his wife agreed. And he is backing out of the project. Um, yeah. And so it is a huge bummer. It's a 
terrible circumstance. I hate him as a director, but he's, uh, you know, I absolutely uh, empathize as a human being. It's just a horrible thing. I can't imagine. I legitimately can't imagine what it'd be like. I don't even know what it's like to be a parent, um, but it's just awful. It's super awful. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's, it is super awful and it feels crass even to sort of talk about the nerd uh, repercussions of it, but we're nerds and we think about it. So why pretend like we're not thinking about it? Um, yeah. And so, but we both agree and it's, then we want to be very clear that like it's a, it's a hundred percent a tragedy first and foremost. Um, yeah. But the legitimate way it's going to affect our lives is in what happens with this movie. Um, and so our, uh, you know, condolences and not our prayers. Cause we don't do that uh, for the Snyder <laughs> family. Cause it super yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Um, but let's get your hot take, Keith. I feel like I always go first on hot takes. Uh, here's my take: is a, a few days before that announcement was made, uh, there was announcement an announcement that extensive reshoots reshoots were happening on Justice League, and as as people do, they got worried that that means the movie sucks, which is not always the case. Like reshoots happen on movies they happen on big budget movies all the time and there's a little bit of time and money set aside for that sort of thing uh however uh someone had hypothesized which is um i forgot to mention this when we were talking about dc movies that Joss Whedon was involved in this universe now because he is making a Batgirl movie, which I am beyond thrilled about. Like that was that was the one big positive thing where I could say nice. I'm excited nice to see Batman that Beyond one reference. Movie. What Batman Beyond reference? You said you're beyond excited. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I I would really love to see a Joss Whedon made Bat anything movie but Batgirl seems appropriate for him because he's been such a a, his fandom loves him for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a lot a lot of what he does with female characters in his films and TV shows Um, so I was really thrilled for that regardless of anything that was happening around that in the DC universe I thought I didn't know that I did not know that yeah he's gonna do a Batgirl movie that's pretty Um, awesome so he was involved in the in the DC universe now so the theory was that they're going to do these reshoots and the theory was that they, they showed the movie to Joss Whedon being that he directed a incredibly successful two incredibly successful financially um, Avengers films and just let him look at it and give notes and stuff. So the theory was that he did that and then told them like this, you, you could change and do these things and that they was being done based off of that. And in reality, who knows if that's what happened, but in reality, it's that he is actually taking over directorial duties. What I think happened is he looked at the movie and he he saw it for what Zack Snyder does, which he makes like you have all these great moments and we just need some scenes to complement those moments, which is what I do really well. Uh, so what I think really happened is Zack Snyder stepped down. It was awful. Uh, and then Joss Whedon came in and he's like, we need to we need just some more we need more content in this movie not content like time-wise but more like it needs connective tissue exactly so that's my hot take whether it's going to shake out like that or not or if if he has more uh, 
more of a hands-off approach and he's just doing some post-production for the film we'll see how it shakes out um what they're saying is is this still is very much Zack Snyder's film and the tone and all of that's not going to change and he's just what they're trying to say he's just like doing a job basically but I can't I find it hard to believe that Joss Whedon would take over and not uh why bring in it. Joss Whedon to just yeah. just you know tie a bow on it right exactly um yeah so I'm I am no more excited for this movie than I already was, which mm. uh, my excitement level for it previously was a zero. Yeah. Um, and I'm still at a zero. I'm interested now to see what happens. Um, yeah. I'm more interested than I was. I think realistically it's going to be a better movie now than it was going to be. Mm. Um, and, but it still is in a universe I hate with characters that I already hate. Um, and most of the movies already been filmed. I'm sure in a way that I hate. Um, and so like, I'm interested to see what happens because it's an interesting situation, but I still, I think the movie's going to not do anything I want. And I don't, I don't want it to be good. I, I'm, I hate, I'm so fucking sick of the DC cinematic universe. I don't want it to Mm -hmm. be good. And so I don't want Josh Sweden to come in and help inch it to actually being a decent movie because I already hate Batman. I already hate Superman in in this universe. Um, when my brother and I were texting about it, he said the only way that Joss Whedon could actually save this movie is if, uh, basically at at the end it's revealed that this is earth two and they reboot the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I agree. It's not going to happen. If that happened, (laughs) I would all of a sudden like these movies if they, no, I still wouldn't like Batman vs. Superman. There's no way I would ever like Batman vs. Superman. Um, yeah. But I could tolerate them existing if all of a sudden we pivoted into a whole different DCU. But I know I that's, of course, not going to happen. But I thought it was a good joke, so I wanted to share it. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, so, I'm not as staunch as you guys. And the, the emotional kind of ride that I went on when this happened and I read about it and thought about it and I looked on the internet and saw people being shitty about it. Uh, saying things like your daughter killed herself because she watched Batman Superman. Um, it's it's more of this question of fandom. And it's something that we like we participate in because it's fun. And it's fun to build a community off of the things that we love. And it's fun to like dissect and think about and talk about the things that we love, why we love them. And, you know, point out when people do it wrong or not the way we want to. However, this happening just kind of my thought process was, you know what? They're just movies and this shit is just storytelling. It's for fun and fucking. So what? Like Batman isn't the way we want him to be right now. Like these movies aren't for us and not every Batman thing or DC thing has to be for us. And there's, there are people out there that are enjoying this stuff for whatever reason that they're enjoying it. Um, and I want to, I want to enjoy it still. And the word on the street is, is that Wonder Woman is getting really, really good buzz. Uh, and not just from like weirdos that are seeing it early in their like, And they do that thing they always do where they're like, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I think people will like it. It's like reputable junkets are saying good things about it. Um, and I've, I watched some clips since then, since I started seeing that. 
And it looks like, you know, like uh, the main characters, the Chris Pine and uh, Gal Gadot have good chemistry with each other. And the scenes that I saw were funny and fun. Uh, and it, it looked like an enjoyable experience. And I, I would love if the critical reviews for that movie were favorable because I want to see these movies. I want to enjoy them. for, And, and like if Justice League ends up being good, I'm looking for a reason for my butt to get in that seat, you know? If the buzz said it's good, I will likely go see it. If Batman and Superman are, like, different in this movie and they're, like, more in line with what I like, I, just fuck it. It's a movie. Like, cool. They did something good for now. And I can let go of the baggage from before because, like, who fucking – it doesn't matter. Like, and even if it's it's not going to be the way I want it to, those Christopher Nolan movies were about as – as good as I wanted these movies, these type of movies to be Joel Schumacher uh, for me. Sure. I mean, you can have that opinion if you want. Uh, the, every single Marvel movie that comes out is really good. Uh, none of them can be, can, could be considered anything less than good. I don't think, uh, some of them come out. They're great. Some of them come out. They're amazing. Uh, but we, we, we get like, we get so much good stuff all the time. And it's okay if someone makes a DC thing that is not for us. There's plenty of DC things happening right now. There's there's comics that are good. There, there's the animated movies they make that are good. The TV shows are incredible uh, for what's on TV, at least. Right. Like, no, and that's... Like, I like. It is okay that it's not for us, but the yeah. problem is, is that it's... Uh, we are nerds that consume and this is something that we, and I guess I'll speak for myself here. Like I, it's not like when, uh, you know, when legally blonde four comes out, I'm not like, fuck that shit. Like I don't care. Cause that is 100% not for me. Um, yeah. but this is something that I want so desperately to be able to like. And so that's why it, it hits personally when I can't bring myself to like it, when I hate it, because I, I want so much to enjoy it. Um, and so it's not like it's, it's not as easy as it's not for us because it is supposed to be for us. Um, and it isn't. And so that's why I feel involved in it. And I do. And that's why we talk about it, um, is because it's, it is right up our alley and then it's wrong. It's it's. I mean, I honestly feel similarly about like the Transformers movies. I was so excited when they were making a Transformers movie, and then it was very clear that they didn't want to have anything to do with the Transformers. Like, yeah. Um. It, it's that it's that sort of feeling. Is like no, this I am the target audience here, um, yeah. and you are like absolutely doing it wrong as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, Transformers is a unique case because that just does go so far off base from the material. And I'll give Batman the DC Universe this is that they really do pepper it in with a lot of DC Universe nuggets and cookies and stuff. Like seeing parademons in Batman v Superman was cool, like that was pretty awesome, and they looked exactly like parademons. And alluding to dark side and stuff was cool. It just wasn't done with the storytelling uh, nuance that it, you know, Marvel does it or good storytellers do these sort of things. Uh, 
it's just janky. It's weird. It, the best way to describe it is it's a two and a half hour long trailer. And that's just kind of the type of movies that Zack Snyder makes. Yeah. Um, which is, is like enjoyable in parts, not enjoyable in a lot of other parts, but they're flashy and you, there could be fun mind out of it. But I think, um, it just, ra- it just got me to think about like fandom and how it could be like really toxic for stuff because, but that's, that's when you cross from fandom to fanboyism. And I agree. Yeah. Um, fanboyism doesn't accomplish anything, um, except stupid internet fights pretty much. Um, but being a fan of something, being a true fan of something means you hold it dear to yourself. And so when somebody takes something that I hold dear and as far as I'm concerned, completely fucks it, it upsets me. Um, that and that's not like I don't think that's me being unreasonable. I want to like these things. Um, yeah. Fanboyism, you know, would be if it would be me being hating the Marvel movies because I'm picked DC. Like picking arbitrary sides is stupid. Um, you can have your favorites. I am a Nintendo. I'm a Nintendo diehard and Nintendo loyalist, but I wouldn't say I'm a Nintendo fanboy in the sense that I will argue against other companies. Um, yeah, I'll argue for Nintendo like a fanboy, uh, but I don't. I doesn't. I don't. I don't project that outwardly, and that's yeah. the thing. I think. I think thinking that things are bad because you like other things is is a toxic and bad. But being upset because something you like has been treated poorly, I think, is reasonable. Yeah, but even like even like moderate uh, fandom, uh, it be it. It kind of is it makes it so it's more restricting the creators to like, you can't even tell something unique or interesting and do and push these characters into new territory because things change and people change over time. And I think it's like, like what I've discussed before and you disagree with me. I think there's a story to tell where Batman does kill the Joker. And I think he's just, and I think that that could be justified in a way if the storytelling was there to complement it, if it was treated with a level of respect, um, and explored fully and maturely. Um, it's not something that everyone's looking for because there's a lot of children that read comics and I don't think that they necessarily care about reading about a man killing another man and why he would justify that, the moral and ethical implications of that. I think it's something for more of like the people that grew up with these characters and are looking for something new because this, the stories that they're telling in comics right now are clearly the well is running dry. Um, since because they reboot their universes, it seems every fucking year now. Um, but I'm reminded of when the new 52 started in DC in 2011, when they basically, uh, blew up continuity, started everything at number one and changed all the creators that were working on the books. And some people were really excited about it. And some people really hated that and didn't give the books, uh, the time of day just because they're like, I'm not cool with that. Um, And I thought that that was, for me, I loved it because it gave the creators that I was following at the time a chance to jump in and tell the stories, tell new stories without being restricted by continuity and restricted by fandom. But, um, and not everything worked out, but, you know, years removed from when that happened, listening to creators talk about it, uh, in hindsight, um, behind the scenes at DC, 
whoever got control of whatever character, their main book, those creators, there wasn't like a room, there wasn't like a god list to look up to look after and say, here's the new continuity, you have to do these things. Whoever was in charge of those characters, or in the case of like Batman, that Bat universe, um, they were like, you guys decide what what continuity holds and what doesn't based off of whatever stories you want to tell. Like you guys get to pick that. And I thought, I thought that was really cool. A cool thing to do from a creative standpoint of like, we just want to clear the slate for you guys to tell new and fresh stories with these characters people love. And, uh, I, for one really liked it. Uh, a lot of people I know had a problem with, uh, however they try to justify Barbara Gordon being able to walk again, but fuck it. Like she's back roll. And it's fun. And like now Batgirl is a fun, really fun book of Barbara Gordon Batgirl. Um, it's just stories. It just, who cares? Make up a reason why she can walk again. And like, no one is erasing the killing joke from history. It's still a book you can go buy and read and look at. And it, that's really funny too, because so many people reject that book because they don't accept that as Joker's origin. But they're so staunch. They're so staunchly are like, this is where Barbara Gordon got paralyzed. Uh, so you, you, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. I feel in that respect. And it's just like, why can't we just? It's fine, you know. Just tell unique and interesting stories. Um, as long as it it has a sense of like you're respecting these characters and what they're about. Um, I think you should be able to do push them in in tough territories or just fun territories. I agree with you, but I think you'll agree with me and that Batman versus Superman was not a unique or interesting story. No. Um, and, it was very and that's the thing. Like I, I can't, I can't separate these, the conversation from talking about Zack Snyder's DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree. I like when people do interesting things. I remember people, talking to my brother and stuff were pissed when they decided they were making a new Spider-Man movie with, uh, Andrew Garfield. Mm. And it was like, we just don't need it. And, and my opinion on that is like, but that's like, that's comic books is getting different people's takes on these characters. Like if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, who cares? You still can watch the ones you liked. Like, cause we actually liked the Tobey Maguire ones for the most part. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that's like I heard a lot of people upset. They're like, I can't believe they're making a new Spider-Man movie. Like, and it's yeah. an origin again. Like, we don't want to watch that. And it's like, well, why not? Like, I, I, you know, I, I thought that was fine. I had no problem with that because it was, uh, it's getting to see someone else's take on a character, and I 100% appreciate that. I think Zack yeah. Snyder's take on Batman and Superman is awful, and so mm-hmm. I hate it. Uh, but it's not because it's different necessarily. It's because I think it's bad. I think he tried to do something unique, especially in the case of Superman. And I was super into what he tried to do with Superman. He just didn't pull it off. He didn't stick any sort of landing at all. Right. And, and he weirdly fell back on comfortable tropes with Superman, like the Jesus Christ figure of that character. And it's like, can't we push this past this by now? Like, you started this movie off so well where you made it this science fiction, this hard science fiction thriller almost. And I was super into that. And you put them on earth and you're just, you just kind of fall back on the lazy kind of tropes that Superman that has always been uh, pushed with Superman. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah it's just it's just it's unfortunate because uh i think for a lot of things that Zack snyder does right there's a lot of things he doesn't do there's a lot of things he does wrong as well and i think he's a, a filmmaker that deserves uh he deserves some praise i don't think he should be shit on and i don't hate him as a filmmaker the way that i i don't really i don't know if i really hate anyone as a filmmaker i i dislike what michael bay's doing with transformers but it's not like he's making those decisions he's just like i don't know what these things are let's just make a cool movie um i don't hate Zack snyder for the way these movies turned out i dislike the movies um but so what i mean if if justice my i'm i guess what i'm saying is i'm trying to be a little more uh in light of this just just realizing they're just movies like if justice league is good people are saying it's good it's likely my butt's gonna be in the seat i'll judge it for myself and if i like it i'll go you know what i don't ever have to watch batman superman again i don't ever have to watch man of steel again like it just i have this movie that's good at least it is something good with this because i still like ben affleck as bruce wayne I still think he looks good as Batman. I still like Henry Cavill. I think he looks good as Superman. I think he has, I think he has the potential to be a lot more charming than he puts on with that character. And I think Joss could write some dialogue for him that could be fun to see. Uh, I think the cast looks good. And I think that uh, a lot of the first images that are coming up for Aquaman, the way that they've done Mira, his wife, she looks fucking perfect visually as Mira. It, the best, one of the best comics to screen costumes adaptations I've seen ever. I don't um, think I've I, seen that. You'll have to, when we're done here, I'll have to send it to me. Yeah. Um, and I was really fond of when Jeff Johns took over Aquaman and the story that he told and involved Mira heavily. And she's a fucking badass. She might be even more badass than Aquaman himself. Um, she was actually sent to kill Aquaman and they ended up falling in love and marrying. Like she was an assassin in Atlantis. Yes, some assassin. Uh, Does she yeah, say I mean, falling like, in love was never part of the plan at some point? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's, they don't show that part of their relationship. They just oh. talk about it. Well, um, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. But, um, no, and I, I, uh, I respect your opinion there, but yeah, I just feel too burned and I'm not, I don't at this point feel willing. I guess if, if all justice League's getting a hundred percent of rotten tomatoes and everyone says it's amazing, like then I'll, I'll revisit the idea. But yeah. right now I'm, I'm not, I'm still mad. I'm still mad enough about Batman versus Superman that I'm not willing to have an open mind. Um, yeah. which is not, that. I'm normally a pretty open-minded person. I think you'd say, um, yeah, but like there's no harm in me not being open-minded here. It's a, it, like you said, it's a fucking movie. Um, and if I don't want to see it, I should be able to say that, but it makes me feel weird. Cause I'm a nerd who wants to see all the movies. So that's why it's like, to me, there's some like personal scandal in the fact that I'm don't want to see a Batman, Superman, wonder woman, flash Aquaman movie. And justice league. Oh, I did think it was interesting earlier when you mentioned the cast of Wonder Woman. You started with Chris Pine. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go down, down that rabbit hole? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Well, I think he's just... 
a man actor. and he deserves top billing. That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm sexist apparently. No, I'm agreeing with you. I think we're <laughs> right. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. Okay. Those are my final thoughts on that. Got anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm pretty tired and also yeah. probably want to play around to Overwatch before I go to bed. So Okay. Well um, then, Sam, how are you feeling? I'm feeling satisfied. We didn't uh we didn't cover any big big picture stuff, but no. we just chit chatted. This conversation all this conversation is probably gonna happen whether we were recording or not. And uh yeah. that's what's fun about it. So Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys can go hit us up at the normal places. Twitter. I am there at double jump chump tweet.com slash satisfied show. Nope. Shut your fucking mouth. You asshole. This is my part. Um, the show can be found on Twitter at (laughs) satisfaction underscore. Uh, Sam doesn't have Twitter because he's too busy raging about Batman Superman to create one. Uh, so you can probably find him on Facebook if you searched. Um, you can find the show at Facebook at facebook.com slash satisfaction and rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes or Podbean. That would help us greatly. Tell your friends about it and force them to listen to it. Make sure you follow up. Uh, and that's all the, the bullshit I got for you. You want to send them out, Sammy? Oh, uh, am I allowed to talk now? Yeah. Okay. I just someone like really rudely told me to <laughs> shut up earlier, so I didn't want to like <laughs> step on any toes. Yeah, I hear you. Um. I anyway, get, I get sometimes. Uh, this comes out on Monday. That means yeah. there's less than when you're listening to this. Less than three weeks away from my wedding, and that's kind of fucking crazy. Uh. So, or if you're listening to this way in the future, then like how'd it go you know yeah they're probably listening to it after you've been divorced shit shit